0: DraftedFreeAgent.com Mid Major Podcast Episode Number Twenty. I'm your host Chris McKee. Thanks for joining me. As usual, we start with the latest version of the AP Top Twenty Five released yesterday, and we finally have the Drake Bulldogs ranked. No one has lobbied harder to get them in. They're now sixteen and zero, and they put them in at number twenty five. So we're going to talk little Drake Bulldogs today. Um, also Loyola Chicago starting to get some votes from the AP top 25. They should be ranked soon. I believe, you know, if they went to 26, 27, 28, they'd be 27th or 28th, they're now 15 and three and they have some big matchups coming up against Drake in the Missouri Valley. So we are going to talk about that today in the pod. And of course the number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, they're 17 and 0. Still number one after a 97-75 win over Pepperdine on Saturday behind 19 points from Drew Timmy, 17 points from Andrew Nemhart, and eight assists. Aaron Cook, also another backup guard with 15 points. Jalen Suggs, just four points in 17 minutes, so Mark Few barely even using him. And, I mean, whether you like this or dislike this tactic, I mean, he's saving his thoroughbred. He's saving his star player. He's doing what, you know, Greg Popovich has done for years. And, you know, I watched it here with the Toronto Raptors two years ago with Kawhi Leonard getting his uh, rest days and stuff. And so he's doing it. And all this is doing is setting Gonzaga up for more success come March when you're going to have a knock on wood healthy and really fresh Jalen Suggs. And then, you know, there you go. You got when Mark Few hands the keys to the car over to Andrew Nemhart nothing changes. Everything works just fine. 17 points, eight assists. And also Aaron Cook with 15 as well. So both of those guys more than capable. I've said it a dozen times. Andrew Nemhart, I think, is an NBA player. And Aaron Cook, I mean, a damn good, you know, backup guard. It's the guy that was put up big numbers for Southern Illinois over the first four years of his career because he got a medical red shirt. So fifth year guy, great player, great little player, great experience. But the Zags, Just so deep, so unbelievable. Also, Corey Kispert with 16 as well. So now this is a stat that I saw over the weekend that really kind of mind-blowing because I recognized really early with this Gonzaga team that something special was going on. You know, I've talked about this. I'm not a young guy. You know, I'm in my 40s. You know, I've seen the UNLVs of the late 80s, early 90s. I've seen the Dukes of the 90s, the Kentucky Untouchables of 96. You know, then the Great Duke teams of the early 2000s and the Carolina teams and the Fab Five. I've seen them all. And Gonzaga is just as good as as any of them. There's something really special going on with this team. And that's why I decided to focus on it pretty intensely from the start of the season. I mean, obviously, this is a mid-major podcast. But when you have the number one team in the country that is an all-timer team, kind of makes content for my podcast a little easier and a little bit more interesting. But so the Zags now have won 14 consecutive games by double digits, And that's the longest streak within a season by a number one team since the 1990-91 UNLV Running Rebels. So, I mean, these guys right here, I mean, you could make an argument that's the greatest college basketball team ever, certainly in the top five teams. That's not even an argument ever. Now, Gonzaga in this type of territory. So, I mean, the Running Rebels, they had 19 games in a row, winning by 10 or more. Gonzaga at 14 right now. And. I mean, that streak by UNLV is is going to be in danger, the way the Zags are playing right now. So I I was thinking about this over the weekend as well, and Gonzaga now has Alabama football problems, if you can believe that. So one of my favorite podcasts I listen to, you always say, hey, you guys listen to my podcast. What do I listen to? One of my favorite ones is on the Locked On Network. It's called Locked On Bama. So all things Alabama, mostly football, a little bit of basketball, and I'm not per se, an Alabama football fan. What I am a fan is of greatness. And so, I mean, what Nick Saban's doing in Alabama is mind-blowing. You know, I've watched college sports my whole life, and something really special. Speaking of special, there's something really special going on. And so I want to pay close attention to it. I want to know the recruiting. I want to know everything there is to know about Alabama. And Locked On Bama, great, but guys are hilarious. Two really funny guys who host it. And so one of the things they talked about this year is, and it holds very true to Gonzaga basketball as well, is how, you know, Alabama football players almost kind of cannibalize each other when it comes to player of the year votes. You look at, you know, Mac Jones, the quarterback this year, Najee Harris, the running back, and of course the eventual Heisman winner, Devonta Smith. But you could have flipped a coin on any of those three, coulda have, shoulda have won the Heisman. And so they were wondering, you know, on locked on Locked on Bama all year, hey, you know, are those votes gonna cannibalize itself when it comes to Heisman voting and all these player of the year voting. And uh, I think Alabama kind of made a late PR push to go, look, if you're going to vote for anyone, vote for Devonta. He's going to get the Heisman. So they did that. And you see that this year with Gonzaga. You know, is Jalen Suggs the player of the year? Is it Corey Kisper? Well, now I can make an argument that Drew Timmy is the college basketball player of the year. You know, we've been hearing about Luca Garza on Iowa. We well, just lost two games this week. Okay, the Zags still haven't lost. When they played Iowa head-to-head, Gonzaga destroyed them. And so I think... Garza is dropping in the player of the year race, and it's clearly one of the Gonzaga guys, but which one is it? You know, it's, it's a lot like Alabama football over the past couple of years. They kind of cannibalize each other, but hey, you ask any Bama fan, they'll be happy to have that problem. And you ask any fan of Gonzaga, they'll be happy to have the exact same problem. So, first world problems, man. Bama football, Gonzaga basketball but either way, it really is something special and, and, and great to see what's happening. It's, I mean, if you haven't watched enough Gonzaga this year, do it, you know, before we get to March Madness. It really is a thing of beauty. So speaking of a thing of beauty, my betting picks this past week from the last podcast on Friday, I went four for four. So, I am red hot. Prior to that, I went two for three and then one for one. And so, I'm seven of 10 on my last betting picks here on this podcast. So, four for, man, I killed it last week. I was pretty stoked with myself. And so, tune into the end of this pod. I'm going to give three more games for this week to look at two high major teams and then one mid major game that I like. So, Going back to the games over, the, I watched an obscene amount of college basketball this week. I watched so many games on Saturday, so many games on Sunday. But uh, going back to Friday, I watched a little bit of the Coastal Carolina 79-62 win over Georgia Southern. That was on TSN regular TV here. Normally, I have to watch all these dodgy live streams. I'm in Canada. I don't get ESPN Plus. I, I don't get you know any of the the streaming. So I can't just go on ESPN and watch these games. We don't get it in Canada. So I have to use a lot of the illegal streams, which is a couple good sites. But, you know, a lot of times you get kicked out of the scre- the stream, especially when it gets to clutch time of the game. It's annoying. But thankfully, I got to watch a game on TSN, which is our ESPN here in Canada. And then we also have Sportsnet for, I know, I see the statistics. This is mostly Americans listening to this podcast. So those are the two big sports stations. They split the rights to the Toronto Raptors. So, if the game's on television, if they're all 80 games or 82 games, whatever, all, you know, if one game is on TSN on TV, then the game is on Sportsnet on radio. So, here in Toronto, that's AM 590, and then TSN is AM 1050. And we also have TSN 1150, which is Hamilton, which is 45 minutes west of Toronto, but you get all the same signals there. So, when the game's on Sportsnet on TV, then vice versa, the game is on radio uh, on TSN. Now, TSN does show college basketball. They started that when Andrew Wiggins was with Kansas. They showed every single game. And then they also showed every single game of R.J. Barrett's Duke season in, what, 2018, uh, 17-18, or 18-19, excuse me. And so TSN will show some college basketball, but Sportsnet will not. They do show a ton of NBA, Laker games, and, you know, whatever, but no college basketball. So I have to watch on dodgy Stream. So I was thankful to sit and watch that game on regular TV on TSN, but the game was terrible uh, Coastal blew them out. My guy, Zach Bryan, who I've talked about on the pod, had a terrible game. And I love his game. Just he couldn't score. <laughs> he, he did everything. I mean, Drive into the basket, acrobatic, but just couldn't put the ball in the damn hoop. But um, either way, Coastal looking pretty good. So I switched over to the Grand Canyon versus New Mexico State game on a live stream. Grand Canyon won 70-62, which ended a 31-game conference winning streak in the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference for New Mexico State. So I didn't realize they'd won 31 straight conference games. They're kind of sneaky good in the whack. But um, that's also going to lead me into my under-the-radar player watch, which I'll get to uh, in the next few minutes. Someone from Grand Canyon that I love. man. I watched that whole, whole game, and this dude's a player, so we'll get to that shortly. By the way, that Grand Canyon-New Mexico State game was probably the worst officiated game I've seen in college basketball in five years. It was like... Are these guys... Look, I have no rooting interest. I don't give a damn if New Mexico State or Grand Canyon wins. They're just looking for a good game. And the officiating was brutal for, for both sides. It was um, pretty bad. But uh, speaking of pretty bad, Friday night, finally, the Winthrop Eagles, with their first loss of the season, 57-55, UNC Asheville, squeaked one out. So Winthrop now, from the ranks of unbeaten, they're 16-1, and but still... I mean, the number one team in their conference, so still looking pretty good, but that was a team you know I've talked about. I thought maybe they had a chance to run the table and go undefeated, but alas, they got that uh, first L of the season, and now, I mean, it takes a little bit of the pressure off now they can just focus on playing some decent basketball. So also Friday night, I watched Boise State destroy Colorado State. I mean, Colorado State got them the previous game, and then they come back, and Boise State just hammered them. It was about a 30-point game when I turned it off. It ended up being pretty close at the end, 85-77, so... Colorado State, you know, in garbage time, pulled it back a little bit, but the Colorado State guys were wearing the last names of different people on the back of their jersey in honor. It was a cancer initiative, so Warriors Who Battled Cancer, and they put someone else's last name on their back of their jersey, which I just want to say is one of the stupidest things I've seen this season. Now, look, of course, I, I want to honor those who have cancer. Cancer has affected my family deeply. I watched my grandmother die in front of my own eyes. They gave her six months to live, and they sent her to our home to live, and I watched her erode every day from cancer. So please don't say I am not sensitive to how cancer affects people and their families because it affected me and I watched it with my own eyes a woman I love dearly I watched her disintegrate in front of my own eyes daily but this idea of putting people who battled cancer's names on the last name of the jerseys is the dumbest thing ever this is you know someone in communications come up with this idea. oh it'll be a great way to honor those with cancer let me tell you as a play-by-play announcer I've called professional and college, you know, high school basketball, it, that is the dumbest thing ever, putting other people's last names on the jersey. It's just ridiculous. And also, I mean, if you're Colorado State, you're trying to create some brand awareness, some name awareness of your players, and you run it around. Because if you didn't hear that 3.2 seconds of the game where you hear the broadcasters explain, because they only explained it once, that, hey, this is why these guys have different names on their jersey, you'd be walking, watching the game going, what, what the hell's going on? It's just... It's one of those things. I mean, we got an empty arena. There's no one in the stands. So it's not like you can get the people in the stands to buy into it. So you mention it for three seconds on the broadcast, and then we're supposed to, for the next, you know, two hours and 15 minutes, remember that that's what it is. It was a well-intentioned idea. I understand it. But it wasn't a good idea. So leave the, either put no last names on the back or let the kids have their own damn names on the back. Those kids worked hard to get to in a position to play NCAA Division One college basketball. Let them get a little recognition as opposed to, Putting some anonymous, look, putting that last name did not make me feel, you know, better or worse for anyone who has cancer. If you have cancer, that's terrible. It's heartbreaking. It's tragic. And putting a last name on someone's jersey doesn't help that situation. So, Nancy and Communications whoever came up with that idea, uh, thumbs down. So, anyways, I ended up switching it off because it was such a brutal game. Watched a bit of the Cal State Fullerton, uh, Cal Bakersfield game on a blue court. It was tough on the eyes. But a decent game to watch anyways. So Saturday, I watched a ton of games. I watched the entire BYU versus Pacific game. Went to double overtime. BYU pulled it out, 95-87. Unlucky, especially for my guy, Jabril Price Noel, who is one of the guys on Pacific. And it warms my heart. I was watching that game. I had the sound down because I was at my traffic reporting job, but I did watch the whole thing. And uh, every time I panned the, the camera panned over to my guy, Jabril Price Noel, it said, born in Scarborough, Ontario, not Toronto. Now, for those that don't know, Scarborough is a borough of what the former Metro Toronto-Politan area is. They've changed it. There's no more boroughs anymore. It's just his own city. But that's why I'm born and raised there. And this is all Scarborough, also the home of Mike Myers of Wayne's World fame. And Austin Powers and all that. He's a Scarborough dude. There's now a street named after Mike Myers from Scarborough, the famous pop rock band, the Bare Naked Ladies from Scarborough. Of course, yours truly from Scarborough. There's a very famous rapper named Maestro Fresh Wes, whose American people are probably, who the hell's that? He's a Canadian icon. And then who else is from Scarborough? Probably about 476 dudes who have played in the NHL, all from Scarborough. I mean, it's just countless, countless dudes from Scarborough in the NHL. And then also for you 80s fans, the movie Youngblood with Rob Lowe. And Patrick Swayze was mostly filmed in the Scarborough and Toronto area as well. And so it warms my heart any time the camera pans to my guy, Jabril Price Noel on Pacific, that it says Scarborough. My passport still says Scarborough, not Toronto, and I wear that with pride. So speaking of pride, St. Bonaventure, eighty four sixty seven win over George Washington on Saturday. And they're 9-1, which is their best start in program history since 1971. So that's long before... My time, so the Bonnie's off to a great start. I mean, they are sneaky good in the A-10. Everyone's talking about Richmond and St. Louis and, you know, whoever the hell else is creeping up there. St. Bonaventure's probably the best team in the A-10 right now. So keep an eye on them. They're looking pretty damn good. And, hey, the history is on their side right now. So speaking of making some history, Troy this weekend, back-to-back wins over a really good Appalachian State team. That's a team that I talked about last week on the pod, Appalachian State, that I thought – You know, they would wipe the floor with Troy this weekend and maybe get themselves ranked. They were the number one team in the Sun Belt going into this. Well, not anymore. And so Troy now, under my guy Scott Cross, they improved to 8-9. and But they're fifth in the Sun Belt. So they're still in this thing. And I I talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Sun Belt, probably the most wide open conference in college basketball. If they get to the conference tournament and there's eight teams, literally put a few bucks that, the eight team's going to win it. The eighth seed could win. It's one of those years where the six, seven, eight seed, I think, is going to win the Sun Belt. And there's a good indication right there a team like Troy, who was near the bottom, you know, struggling. And now they are creeping back up. They won back to back games. They're now eight, and nine, and in a pretty good spot, fifth in the conference, man. So watch out for that Sun Belt, man. The Fun Belt is going to be fun. So Saturday, these are all the games I actually sat and watched. It was, it was obscene. So I watched the entire Texas Tech versus LSU game. That was one of my betting picks. Texas Tech by one and a half, and I think they won by five. So I caught that. I watched the entire Oklahoma State versus Arkansas game. My guy, Matthew Alexander Moncrief, who's the freshman on Oklahoma State, I called. It. I did the play-by-play for his high school games, all four years of his high school. So anytime. Uh, the Cowboys are on I gotta sit and watch support my guy Moncrief I also watched most of the Cal Bakersfield versus Cal Fullerton game I watched the entire San Diego State Wyoming game I watched most of the Gonzaga versus Pepperdine game I mentioned I already watched the BYU Pacific and I also watched Alabama versus Oklahoma I was just glued to the set it was a great day of basketball always oh, great weekend Saturday and Sunday watched a ton of hoops unlike a lot of these AP top 25 voters and so-called experts I can just tell who's actually watching. When you watch an obscene amount of basketball like me, and you can tell these people tweeting away about this guy and that guy that they haven't actually watched them. They just kind of read a stat line or read the ticker on the bottom of ESPN, and I won't name names, but um, I ain't one of them. So Belmont, out of this world, this is a team I've talked about quite a bit over the past couple weeks. They're now 18-1. and one. They squeaked by Murray State this weekend with a 72-71 win. I mean, they are as good a team in college basketball right now as there is. And how the hell they're not ranked at 18 and one, I don't know, but they have won 15 in a row. They've won 30 of 31 games. They've won 24 straight conference games in the Ohio Valley. They've won 18 consecutive road slash neutral site games. So they're winning in tough environments on the road and they're top 25 in 15 statistical categories Um, So they are um, here's a newsflash Belmont is really good watch out for them Um, and come tournament time you don't want to play them and I think look the OVC is as good a conference as there is in the mid majors everyone is good top to bottom for the most part but um, Eastern Kentucky the one team that could clip them come conference time but um, I mean look for Belmont to to go dancing in March this year they look really good. So another team expects to go dancing this year. Drake on Sunday, I watched the entire game, went to overtime, 78-76 win over Illinois State. It was a close one, on back and forth, back and forth, and Drake loses that. They're probably not ranked, and um, they win it, and now they are ranked at 16-0. So here's some impressive stats for them. They are just the third team in the Missouri Valley Conference in 50 years to start 16-0. So, the other two teams that did it in the past 15 years, they went on to win 30-plus games. So, not only did they win 16, they kept winning into the 30s. And they both earned number one seeds heading into the NCAA tournament. So, can you name them quickly? Go. Well, I'll tell you. The 2013 Wichita State Shockers, led by Fred Van Fleet, which that was their final four-run year, I believe. Uh, and they that was when they were in the MVC Uh Wichita State obviously now have switched to the American Conference. And then the other team you might recognize from 1978-79, Indiana State, they were led by a guy named Larry Bird, who went on to have a half-decent career with the Boston <laughs> Celtics. And so, I mean, you see that. Drake is in, you know, I I was on this team early. You know, no one is, has sort of championed the Drake Bulldogs more this year than me. And something's really special going on. They got guys, look not saying they're a top 10 team in the country but they've deserved to be ranked for weeks and I think they have some moxie in them they've had some great wins over the past week this overtime win i mean it's funny illinois state had the chance to beat them with about 5 seconds left and they fouled the right guy because they had a guy on the line who was shooting 45% on the season and of course he missed hit the first free throw to tie it but he missed the second one that could have given illinois state the win and then drake ends up getting into ot and uh winning that way but um Their next three games coming up are pretty winnable before they're really going to be challenged. So they have Valparaiso, who's uh, not having the greatest season. They got back-to-back games with them on February 6th and 7th. Then Northern Iowa on February 10th, who's having a down year. They lost their best player to injury earlier in the season. Not very good this season, so I think it's safe to assume now that MVC, everyone's pretty good they can you know you're gonna get a game from just about everyone but i think drake should win those comfortably and then they have the big test with loyola chicago who right now is 15 and 3 and they're gonna play back to back on february 13th 14 so you i gotta think you know at at best drake's probably gonna split that so i think i think they should be valpo comfortably in northern iowa i think they should hammer um, but I think Loyola Chicago, that's where they're going to get their first loss of the season. But, and I think the way they have played right now, you know, whether they win the MVC or not, they deserve an at-large bid with the way they have played and pretty tough schedule. Um, and so we should see Drake in the, in the March Madness tournament, uh, regardless of how they perform in those games against Loyola and regardless if they go undefeated on the season. So also on Sunday, I watched a ton more basketball. I actually, and this is the, yes, I actually do sit and watch these games. So I watched Stony Brook beat Hartford, 63-49. I watched a good chunk of the UAB, 63-52 win over Middle Tennessee. They beat Middle Tennessee back-to-back. And so UAB now 14-2. Speaking of a team that you could see dancing, watch out for the Blazers, man. They look really good. I watched a good chunk of the Stephen F. Austin win over Sam Houston State. Uh, the Lumberjacks now improved to 10-3, and 3, but I tell you, look, and I love me some Stephen F. Austin. talked about this last week when I played some clips from my interview with Kyle Keller, their head coach, but they're not as good as they were last year. Um, they're missing a little bit of that uh, je ne sais quoi, that, that special something. And uh, that's not to say they couldn't win the Southland, but I would not be surprised to see either Abilene Christian or Sam Houston State get them in the conference tournament. So I also watched... Quite a bit of the Evansville game over Valpo, 70-52. I mentioned Valpo, you know, not looking good this year. And uh, also watched some of the Southern Illinois win over Northern Iowa. So also on Sunday, big win, Siena now improves to 8-2, 63-50 over Maris, behind 19 points and 13 rebounds from Manny Camper, one of the best players in the Metro Atlantic Conference. He's going to be in the conversation along with his teammate Jalen Pickett for Conference Player of the Year. Looking pretty good. And, you know, we also talked Loyola Chicago there. 72-46 over Missouri State on Sunday to improve to 15-3. And can I be honest with you? Loyola Chicago is the worst 15-3 college basketball team I've seen in a long time. There's just nothing special about them. This Don't expect any magical Final Four runs out of this team. They don't have it. I think luck has been on their side because they've watched them quite a bit. And they're just not that good. So I'd like to see Drake run over them. And stay undefeated. Um, I still think you know Loyola Chicago good enough to maybe get a game out of Drake. Those back-to-backs are tough for anyone, but um, they are probably the worst fifteen and three college basketball team I've seen. And uh, I don't get any of the hype surrounding them. Um, it's it's not. When did they? What two thousand eighteen said? When the hell did they make that run? Anyways, those most of those players long gone, and um, don't expect any magical runs from uh, the Ramblers this year. One team you could expect a magical run. I watched a bit of their game Sunday. Colgate, 78-60 over Holy Cross. Colgate now 7-1. And they're a really good team. They're sneaky good. If you can, try and catch a little bit of them. Um, Pretty good team. And other pretty sneaky, decent teams I watched last night. I watched the entire Wofford win over East Tennessee State. Two pretty good teams in the SoCon East, East Tennessee State was the number one team going into that game. I don't know if they still are after that loss, but uh, definitely going to be in the conversation. They won in the, the conference last year, and then their head coach, Steve Forbes ended up leaving to take the Wake Forest job, but still looking pretty good, man. He did not leave the cupboard bear at East Tennessee State. They got some guys. So I wanted to jump to my under-the-radar player watch. This is a guy that I watched going back over the weekend. I mentioned I watched the uh, entire Grand Canyon-New Mexico State game. And a sophomore guard by the name of Javon Blackshear just really jumped out at me on the screen. His speed is electric. This guy, man, he just buzzes around that court and instantly within two minutes of the game, I was like, who the hell is this guy? This guy can play. So he's a sophomore guard born in Oakland, California, but raised for the most part locally in the Phoenix, Arizona area. He's 5'11". Last year, he was the Western Athletic Conference Freshman of the Year. A little bit older guy. I think he's already 21, so probably did his high school until 19. 20-year-old as a freshman, 21 as a sophomore. Uh, he set a freshman record at Grand Canyon with most assists, with 109 on the season. And uh, this dude, I mean, he's really good, man. He's quick electric uh, pretty decent shooter he played his high school ball at Shadow Mountain High School which is locally in Phoenix under NBA legend Mike Bibby I remember Mike because he played with the Vancouver Grizzlies um, when they had an NBA team in Canada and of course uh, Mike obviously an Arizona legend I watched Mike play and obviously played with what do you Sacramento as well I think he played with the NBA but so he was Javon's head coach in, in high school for four years, and they won four consecutive state titles in the state of Arizona, which is impressive, man, because that is a damn good high school basketball scene there. A bunch of great prep schools, great high school teams. Um, that's one of those states where kids kind of move from all over the country down to Arizona to play. So it, I mean, you can make an argument, it's some of the best high school basketball in the country. And Javon Blackshear won four state titles in a row. Coming out of high school, he was a four-star recruit. I mean, he had offers from Boise Dayton, Fresno, Washington State, and several other smaller uh, mid-major teams, but decided to stay local, apparently, I was watching the broadcast, and they were saying that, you know, he went to four different Midnight Madnesses at Grand Canyon, and as a kid, loved the university, and kind of wanted to play for them. So, Bryce Drew, getting a bit of a steal, getting a guy that is a clear high major talent, um, and playing at Grand Canyon right now, and so Grand Canyon now twelve and three in the Western Athletic Conference behind Javon Blackshear. So watch out for him, man. This dude can ball. Just a sophomore, so he's got a great future ahead of him at Grand Canyon. And then finally, want to wrap up today's episode with my betting picks mentioned the last pod. Go have a listen. Four for four on my picks. The one before that, two for three. Before that, one of one. So I'm seven of ten on my last couple picks. Have a listen. Check these out. So. I, I mix in high-major games. It's not all mid-major, even though this is a mid-major podcast. But for the sake of betting, I'm sure you don't care. So I like tomorrow this. So I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon. And so by the time I get this up tonight, blah, blah, blah So I usually try to give people a, a, you know an extra day. So these, these games are all for Wednesday. Um, and I like Kentucky plus four against Missouri. I mean, look, we all know this isn't the Kentucky of years past. But whenever you get John Calipari... And the Kentucky Wildcats getting points, take it. So, hey, I know uh, it, this isn't the Kentucky of last year, the year before, the year before, but they still got guys. And, hey, I, I in Cal, I trust. So take the Wildcats plus four, and there you go. So one mid-major game that I do like, I talked about this. I watched the entire East Tennessee State game against Wofford. They came up on the short end of the stick, but um, that was their first loss. They'd won the previous four before that. They're 10-6. They started off slow this year, and they're just getting better and better and better. They're progressively getting good. Up until that loss, they were the number one team in the conference. Mercer 10-6, but they've lost two in a row. And I've watched both teams. I've watched quite a bit of Mercer. And I'm telling you, just on the eyeball test, East Tennessee has better talent. So they're going to win the game. They're getting getting a point. I think they went outright, no problem, by about 5 or 6. So take East Tennessee State. And then finally tomorrow, this was a game I picked a couple weeks ago, but the game got canceled. Um, Texas A&M minus three over Vanderbilt so this is part of that Big 12 SEC challenge uh, Texas A&M eight and seven they're pretty good they're a young team led by my guy Emmanuel Miller who is he Emanuel's a Scarborough guy hey we sat and talked Scarborough Jabril Price Noel on Pacific Emmanuel Miller also a Scarborough guy so gotta show love to them he's this guy's a really good player and I just think Vandy's terrible uh, they're five and eight in the season they haven't shown me anything and I think A&M comfortably rolls over the five and eight Vanderbilt team. And uh, I wish you luck. So thanks for joining me here again. I'm trying to track down some coach interviews this week. We're supposed to have one today, so it looks like for Friday's pod, I will have a coach interview. Knock on wood. And uh, try to track a few down, a few more down over the next couple of weeks, so you don't have to just listen to me ramble. Otherwise, appreciate y'all for listening. Drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Check out undraftedfreeagent.com, the website. Click subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're listening. Make sure you click subscribe. Help me get a better rating, get my podcast a little bit more notice. And, of course, check out the YouTube and my Twitter. I'm always posting different clips. Thanks for listening. I'm going to keep on pumping them out.